Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. And today we're going to go off our normal beaten path just a little bit. We're actually going to talk about organizational failure, and we're going to talk about what that has to do with our personal lives. Also have a bunch of fun announcements for you. Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome back. I hope that your day is going well. I hope that whatever it is you're doing, you are finding meaning and joy in and purpose. And if you're not, you're doing it simply because you have to do it and it has to get done. I hope that you are able to choose an excellent attitude to get that done. That's so hard, isn't it? Doing something that I have to do that I don't want to do and finding a way to have a good attitude about it. We should do a podcast episode about that. Uh, How do we choose our attitude? Because I fully believe we not only control our attitude, but we control our emotions. Uh, Before we get into today's topic, which is going to be a little bit off the beaten path from where I normally go, I do have a lot of fun of announcements to make. Uh, I want you to know that we are working on completely redoing my website. Uh, We're probably going to change hosting companies and move to a totally different uh, system. We wanted to do that. We wanted to outsource that, and it's just not in the cards right now. So that is something I'm learning on the fly. I know that if you are a professional website developer, you just cringed because, right, why would I do that? Uh, and and I get that, and that just is what it is. Uh, we're working on filming a, a curriculum that you can download right now. My, my wife and I are working on it called The Emotionally Secure Couple. Uh, from the book, right? How can you build emotional security in your relationship? We're working on uh, a curriculum for how can you build, raise emotionally secure children? Uh, what are things that you can do uh, with your children to, for emotionally secure children? We're, we're, we're working on a bunch of, of content creation. I started a men's group this fall. We're talking about what does it mean to live well as men in 2020, in the 2020s, right? Because we're going to be done with 2023 here soon. That group's closed. It does meet in person at my office in Lowell. If you're interested, in the spring group though let me know reach out to me via email twitter whatever however you get a hold of me reach out to me let me know uh we also i booked a men's conference in nebraska where we are going to get away with a group of men for a few days and we are going to talk about what does it mean to be a man today how do we live this thing called masculinity i hear so much about toxic masculinity and on one side i have people being like don't do any of this don't do any of that don't do any of this don't do any of that and on the other side i have people who are embracing a a style of masculinity like right and it's 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 this is for the guys in the middle this is for the guys in the middle that they're like okay well there's got to be more than those people over there who are like don't do anything you know don't talk about uh, things that go pew pew but, but uh, for those guys over there, that just isn't who I am. I'm not necessarily criticizing them, but that's not who I am either. This conference is going to be for the guys in the middle. How do I live out my life? How do I love my life well and still be a little dangerous? I fully believe that the world needs dangerous men under control. And so we're going to talk about that at that conference. More of those are coming. I took 2023 off from speaking uh, for a variety of reasons. I needed to have some time to get my mind right. I needed to have some time to refocus. I, To be honest with you, 
I needed some time to decide what is it that I still want to do. As I'm aging, I'm realizing more and more that everything goes by so quickly, especially with my kids. My youngest daughter just got accepted into college. She is uh, a senior in high school. My son's 11. And it seems like I just blinked and my kids have grown. And, And so how do I maximize that time? What do I want to put my time into that's going to help the most people? And what am I wasting my time in on that maybe I find interesting? but other people don't. And and so I've, I've put everything on the table as far as what are we going to kill uh, uh, as far as time consumption? What are we going to take off the plate? What do we need to leave on the plate? What do we need to add? And so we're going to be doing those things. I've actually started working on another book, Three Mindsets That Men Live Out Of, and that's going to become a focus of mine as well. Okay, so those are the announcements. Now let's talk about what I want to talk about today, which is again a little bit off the beaten path. And some of you are going to probably be tempted to hit the off button or the skip button or play me on five times natural speed. So I sound like a chipmunk. Uh, Actually, I'll be honest with you. I listen to myself at two times speed because I listen to everything at two times speed. Um, And I sound like a little bit of a chipmunk at two times speed. I'm going to ask you not to do that. Just hang in with me to the end. I think everybody that listens to this podcast is going to find some value in today's episode. This summer, I visited with an institution uh, that's in trouble. To just be really blunt with you, they are in trouble. I visited with the leader of the institution. Uh, I am a stakeholder in this institution, and he he's a new leader. He reached out to everybody that is stakeholders, was like, hey, we're doing these kind of town hall meetings. I'd love to meet with you. We, we, we know there's a lot of questions in the community. Let's get together and talk. And I wrote back and said, hey, I can't make any of the times that you've offered, but I really do have questions. And so I went in and I told him, I said, hey, here's my concerns. And he was like, yeah, I agree. We've had those concerns and here's how we're addressing them. And I'm trying to be vague because I am mean, I'm trying to protect the institution a little bit. But here's what happened three or four years ago, actually longer than that now, probably six or seven years ago, the institution hired two people that gutted it. They literally hired the people that killed them. Now, I'm using that that metaphorically, even though I use the word literally because no one died that I know of, but they brought in two people who didn't match the values of the institution. They brought in two, quite frankly, very angry people. My organization, my counseling network, uh, had a wonderful working relationship with this institution, and we backed away from it. We literally said, we will no longer work with you until you solve some of these problems because we can't be a part of that. And, and what happened was they were chasing this special certification. Uh, They were chasing this thing that I'm not sure matters. And I think they got tunnel vision because I know in the interview process, they did a good job of, of bringing people in and being like, Hey, let's talk about these two people that we're thinking about hiring. What do you think? And I know, for instance, I've talked to numerous people who are like, I don't even know why they hired them. I actually told them, if you hire them, here's going to be some problems. And they hired them because they were chasing this special certification. And this certification literally blew up the program because there was a person in place who was very good at his job, but isn't exactly uh, very charismatic. He's not very, uh, people tend to not follow him. And he tends to not chase the latest trend, which in the field that this company inhabits is is very important and can be very important. 
And so these two new leaders came in and they just made wholesale changes that didn't fit the culture of the organization. Well, but Joe, the organizations, organizations have to change or they die. I don't disagree, but you have to change and still be true to who you are. And that's the part where I want to pivot from organizations to individuals, because what happened to the organization can happen to us as individuals. And I'm truly sad for the organization. I had plans for to be a part of that organization for a long time. And I have I have I have stepped back cautiously step back, not severed the relationship, not canceled or anything like that, but just like, hey, this leadership is going in a direction that I can't follow. I don't think it's wise. And, and now, uh, you know, this it's an, it's an educational organization and, and they produce people that I interact with. And we've gotten to the point where like the product isn't very good anymore. And I know when you start talking about humans as products, that can be a little sketchy and people can get a little upset. But the quality of what's coming to me from this organization is not what it used to be. And it literally goes back to the failure of the leadership that hired these two leaders. So I don't actually blame the two leaders. I don't. I know multiple people who when they met them, they're like, they're not the people that should be leading this organization. In fact, one person said to me, I don't even think they're good good people. I think that they're probably people who have experienced trauma and refuse to heal it. And so they're very dangerous in a leadership position in any organization. A person who has trauma that they refuse to heal is very dangerous. And that's 100% their responsibility. And as you lean into that, it, what, what started to happen was I would ask people when I when I would interview them, I'd be like, hey, who's your favorite professor? And they would be like, so-and-so. And I, I started to learn that's a red flag for me to hire them because education is character transferal. It's 5% the, the three R's or the X's and O's. The rest of it is character transferal. I had a prof in, in my undergraduate who used to say that. And, and these people that were like, oh, well, this prof is my favorite prof. They were really angry and they were almost all a little shady. In fact, they were all I'm trying to stand here and talk and do math in my head, and I'm not very good at math. I I'm comfortable saying that I think they were all a little shady. And, and these people were terrible leaders. They made changes that didn't fit the culture of the organization. They didn't fit the goals of the organization. It didn't fit the stated values of the organization. And it decimated the organization. But I don't blame those leaders because they were who they were. I actually think that it, the, the fault, and I don't usually like talking about fault. I've said this to clients numerous times. I've said it on here numerous times. I don't typically think in terms of whose fault is it. It's more about whose responsibility is it to fix it. We're going to get to that in a minute. But I blame the leadership that brought these people in and didn't listen to the stakeholders that they involved in the process that said, no, I don't think that these are good fits for us. I don't think that these people are good for our culture. I don't think that these people's values match our values. And they just decided not to listen because they got tunnel vision. They were chasing this special certification. Well, what does that have to do with us as individuals? Well, I think that's a danger for us as individuals because if it's in a danger for organizations, we as individuals can do it. We as individuals can have that danger because organizations are just individuals that came together to get something done. And so for my individuals, right? For my friends, for me, for us. Are we living true to our values? Are we living true to our stated values? Are we living true to the culture that we're trying to create? And of course, this assumes that we're intentionally trying to create a culture with our family, with our values, with our lives. 
or do we have tunnel vision? Do I have tunnel vision? That's what this was part of my 2023 taking off from speaking because sometimes, and this happens to me, maybe not you, but it does to me, is I can be so used to doing something and so in the rhythm of doing something that I don't often stop and ask myself, well, wait, why am I doing it? What am I aiming for? Inherent in any decision I make, I have to ask myself, what's the risk of what I'm doing? If I succeed, what other problems are going to be created? One of the things that I have said numerous times and I keep threatening to do an episode on it is every solution has its own problems. But but I have a serious question for everybody. What's the culture you're trying to create? Who do you want your world to be like? What do you want your world to be like? Would probably be a better way to put that. What do you want your world to be like? What do you want your personal home to be like? What do you want your personal world to be like? to be like. Because like, here's the thing, the two leaders that hired them, and I'm sure it was probably a board, but the two people that were instrumental in it, I respect them. But when I say I criticize them, that's why I'm working hard not to say their name. People who know the organization are going to know who I'm talking about. But that's why I'm working hard not to say the organizational name. That's why I'm working hard not to say those people's names. But they're both gone. Like They brought in these two atomic bombs that went off blew up the organization, blew up the institution, deteriorated the quality of what comes out of it. Both the people they hired are gone, left train wrecks behind them, left a train wreck. One of my favorite ways to put it is sometimes there's a train wreck met by a plane crash, met by the occasional pedestrian zipping in on a motorcycle, crashing his motorcycle or his car or his F-150 into the burning inferno and they left that behind them and the two leaders that came in or the two leaders that brought them in they're both gone right it's one of the advantages that institutional leaders have they can screw up a situation they can lead really well or okay or average and make one giant mistake and set fire to the whole thing and then they can leave and let the burning rubble for someone else and that's what these two leaders did it's the one thing I'm trying to reconcile in my head with who I thought they were versus this action. And I, I get it. This episode's really raw. For those of you who probably know the institution I'm talking about, this is raw. But it, but it's, it is. It's really raw for me. It's an institution that I love. Very, very, very instrumental in my life. But in our individual lives, we don't have the ability to just walk away from the fires we create. You don't. I see it all the time. I see people who try all the time. My daughter's homecoming was recently. And and one of her friends showed up and was super unhappy. And I was like, hey, what was her problem? Oh, her parents are going through it and and they've set fire to the institution that is that family system and they're both trying to exit as quickly as they can so so i i see people trying it but it, it rarely works and so my question to you today is what is the culture that you're trying to create with your life what are the decisions you're making what does tunnel vision look like for you tunnel vision for me could be you know what i'm a public speaker because that's what i do but not if nobody wants to hear me or maybe people do want to hear me and just those people didn't want to hear me or maybe i am a public speaker but the return on investment for that isn't enough. My wife and I talk about this pretty regularly. Why are we doing whatever it is that we're doing? What is it that we're hoping to accomplish? What is it that we're hoping we will get to? What are the risks associated with it? And so for you, whatever you're going to do today, why are you doing it? Whatever you did yesterday, why did you do it? Whatever it is you're chasing, why are you chasing it? And are you looking for the potential problems? I'm going to give you a real life illustration of my life. Two, two real life illustrations from my life where I did the same thing twice to varying degrees of consequences. When I was a kid, one time I was riding bike and I was over at a friend's house and they lived 
Uh, where I grew up out in Northeast PA, there are some, there are some sections of cities that are very hilly. Uh, and I was riding a bike and we were talking and I wasn't looking in front of me. I was looking at my friend while I was riding a bike and I rode my bike into the back of a parked car, flew up over the handlebars onto the trunk of the car, did no damage to the car. I might've scratched the bumper. I don't remember. The owner actually saw it and came out and was way more concerned about my health than his car. He's like, are you okay? Are you all right? Are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, I couldn't breathe. I, I hit my midsection. I was probably 10, 11. Hit my midsection on the handlebars, lost all my breath. Years later, I'm driving off college campus. There's a car in front of me. I'm looking down the road, not in front of me, because there was two cars. They were racing on the road in front of us. So, so we're coming to a road that we're going to turn onto. And these two cars on a two-lane road go zipping by. They had to be doing 85, 90 miles an hour on a road where 35 is pushing it. Zoom! And I'm watching them and the car in front of me stop. And I rear-ended them. That did more damage. And the thing that I like about those illustrations, I did the same thing twice, but as the vehicles get bigger, as we age, the consequences typically get bigger as well. Bicycle did very little damage. My car did damage, a lot of damage to my car, some damage to his car. The cost was much more to the, to the car accident. And here's what happened. I got tunnel vision. I looked only in one direction. I didn't look around me. I didn't notice my surroundings. What are you doing to look at your surroundings? What are you doing to look around you? And here's the other thing. If you've gotten to the point where you're like, yeah, man, you know what? I have made a mess of my life. I want you to know that's okay. Like, it's not great, but that's not the end of the world. That's not the end of your story. Because if you made a mess of your life, you can fix it. I literally just sat with a guy yesterday who's made a mess of his life. And he's like, but what do I do? I said, you have to figure out how do you tell the best story with your life with the days that you have left? How do you tell the best story with your life with the days that you have left? So I don't actually care so much that those leaders that I talked about brought in these two decisions makers and gave them unfettered power didn't actually rein them in. They didn't lead well. I think I care more that they left when the fire exploded because we need to stay in the fight. We need to stay in the struggle and we need to keep moving. Tell the best story of your life with the days that you have remaining. So if it's a train wreck right now, start cleanup. Ask yourself, what, what does cleanup look like? What does wreck recovery look like? What does reconstruction look like? We talk so much in our world about deconstruction, but what does reconstruction look like? That's what I want to know. What does reconstruction look like if you've made a mess in your life? If you haven't and you're like, Joe, I'm doing good. I'm moving along. I'm, I'm doing the things. Then just consider today's episode, the cautionary tale of awesome. I support you. I believe in you. I think that's awesome and fantastic, but keep your eyes open. Keep moving. Keep your eyes open. Keep your head up. Look look all around you. Keep, keep weighing out your decisions. Keep making appropriate course corrections. Keep moving forward. All right. Hopefully you found value in this today. Listen, if you did, would you mind sharing this with three of your friends? Maybe just email them the link. Slap it up on your social media. I can't tell you how important that is to me, to us as a company, uh, to what we're trying to do here and get the word out to help people. And it has an added bonus to you because we know scientifically that sharing things with people that we find value in actually helps us find meaning and value and gives us a dopamine rush, which is always a good thing. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.